everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Consummate Athlete Podcast. Uh, this is sort of a, a mini episode here where we're going to tackle one of the topics that we get asked about a lot, which is active travel. Uh, since we spend most of our time on the road at this point, I'd say, uh, you know, sometimes it's hard to have a really specific training plan or training routine, uh, which is both a blessing and a curse, I think. Yeah, it's definitely a challenge for both of us to keep things moving ahead and you know maintain our work life, but then also some sort of activity, right? And whether that's training towards a specific goal or just sort of staying healthy and active and sane. Uh, it's definitely. an important component of travel, I think, to keep moving. And I think fits well into our consummate athlete lifestyle because being a consummate athlete opens up a lot of opportunities to move differently and use your surroundings. Exactly. Actually, think about you maybe like five or six years ago, if you'd been doing this much travel without your bike, I feel like you would have been in a bit of a panic. Well, it's definitely hard. And that gets into the debate of elite athletics. And, you know, that's a slightly different scenario. But that said, I remember being, I think I've told this story maybe before on the podcast, but to you, definitely. We were at a World Cup in Austria and our wheels, we had to send them with this random Belgian van of the it looks so sketchy but sandra walter said she knew them so we sent it was me and eric, <laughs> eric batty and we sent all our wheels there was like 12 wheels and we sent them in this big belgian thing never met the people they seemed happy and jovial but they disappeared with all these wheels and we only had frames because we jammed them into like a little audi or something we had rented and we got there and they didn't show up for two days and we had heard nothing from them oh, but they just showed up and dropped our wheels off had a beer outside their van and then they disappeared again and it was just they were two days late but they didn't say anything about it and just disappeared so anyhow eric and i ran the course and eric and i have gone on a lot of run adventures but we had both stayed fairly run fit and you know we hiked slash ran around the world cup course and that sort of kept us sane because we were moving we were both a little hyperactive like that but also got we got to see the course right so we were basically pre-walking the course right yeah absolutely uh, which actually leads me to our first sort of point about active travel, which is, you know, first and foremost, thinking about what's available and around. So in that case, you had a World Cup course and you had running shoes. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. the option was pretty simple, right? And the ability to run beforehand, right? Like I'm not that suggesting helps. that anyone should just go and run around, especially off-road and stuff, you know, especially if you have an important competition in cycling or otherwise coming up. But because we had that ability that we had practiced and, you know, kept maintained, mm -hmm. um, we were able to sort of thrive in whatever environment we were thrown into, right? Yeah. So for us, when we travel now, we definitely look around at like, are there, you know, bike shares available? Can we borrow a bike from somebody? Uh, are there any rock gyms or like places with rock climbing? I've looked at parkour classes. I've jumped into different yoga classes. And I think that's where the consummate athlete lifestyle, the less elite lifestyle, I guess, becomes interesting with travel is because if you sort of let go of that bike or whatever your sport is, and sort of be open to even just being a complete beginner. You know, you went to a parkour class. Um, we've been, Super weird. We've been to a few salsa and just, you know, salsa was sort of the dancing that we, I at least wanted to go and Molly came along. But then we even, there's a couple places that weren't salsa and we mm -hmm. just sort of, okay, fine, we'll just try out, you know, there's a ballroom class we did and 
you know, we've been to rock climbing. We went rock climbing with a guide one time. And so just looking at what's available, that could be on Groupon. That could be, you know, actually just what's in the area yeah. as far as classes. Groupon is awesome for that, actually. Super good. I think it gives you some ideas, at least. Um, I don't think you always have to be super frugal with it, but... Um, definitely that's something where they have like an outdoor adventures thing and you can go in and check that out. Yeah. The other thing to look at too is obviously wherever you are, you know, bring the map and like kind of zoom out to see how close there are, uh, any parks, any trails, anything like that that's nearby. I've definitely made the mistake of like being at a hotel, going for a run, basically like through in- industrial parking lots for like an hour got back only to find that Peter was back after having shredded in the woods for an hour because he went in the other direction into the park that had tons of sweet trails. Yeah, definitely asking around. And that's a good chance to network and talk with people, which I think less and less we're, we're into these days. But the more you talk to people, the more, you know, quicker you're going to end up, you know, with a local who shows you all the local running trails or whatever, you know, takes you to a gym. Or in my case, we were in Colombia and they, a bunch of people took us salsa dancing a couple nights and that really started. The salsa obsession? I guess my, my love of salsa. I don't know if I'd call it an obsession because we don't do it nearly enough, no. but um, that got me hooked on salsa, right? So who knows, you know, one conversation could change, you know, the path of what you're doing and lead to a lot of good times. Yeah. The other thing I'll say is if you're staying in a hotel, the first, I'd say one of the first things we do anymore is check out what the gym set, setup is. I mean, a lot of hotels, it's pretty lame. There's like a treadmill and an elliptical and like maybe a Bowflex. Yeah, and we'll link to my Anywhere Core routine, which mm-hmm. I have up on YouTube. You can see me moving around and doing some pretty basic stuff, you know, with weight or with a very light weight, you know, maybe even just your suitcase or something. Um, so I have a lot of my clients start with that even when they're at home and then that way we have this sort of little routine with say 10 movements but you can uh, exclude or add movements based on what you have but having that base routine at least lets you go into this room and if it's we've had ones that are just rooms like Mm -hmm. exercise rooms yeah with a broken treadmill maybe or like an exercise mat and you go in there and you're not bummed it's just that's the context you have to do some sort of movement right and that's where you know more of the calisthenic the gymnastics style stuff might might play in yeah absolutely uh, the other thing you can do if you're staying at a hotel though is ask them if they have a membership thing with a local gym because we've been at a couple now where they that have was free Iowa, passes. Iowa I think was where we ran or yeah it? I think it was Iowa yeah so we actually ran actually it was a pretty considerable run I think I was really in pain after but <laughs> we ran up through the city and we linked a couple paths on the way up and down I think and then hit this really really nice gym they yeah. had uh, an aerodyne machine which I did intervals on so it's like a bicycle with handles um, which is popular in the CrossFit world now but is one of the most awesome yet terrible machines. <laughs> and Molly did some strength we did a strength routine together and then we ran home so we made uh, know, we also hung out in the steam rooms and the oh, yeah, respective we did locker finish, rooms finished with some sauna and yeah and then yeah so then we ran home so that made for a really you know exciting day you know, we got lots of movement in, saw some of the city. Um, and then on top of that, actually, that same day, we went ice skating in a mall nearby because oh, yeah. we re- figured out that there was ice skating. So Molly actually got one of her, I don't want to say her first, but maybe her first lesson. In- yeah, definitely my first ice skating lesson. I've been ice skating before. So yeah, looking around, I think. So I had a question for Molly, and I wanted to know, can you think of something under $50 that's sort of the best gear you've added recently as far as traveling goes? Actually, I can, and I haven't, I admit I haven't done a lot with it yet, but I'm pretty excited about it for the season. I actually just got a bunch of, or a couple bands, 
Um, so resistance bands, basically, for sort of doing a bunch of different movements with them. I mean, the anywhere strength is great. And obviously, I don't want to carry weights with me. Last year, I actually did carry the little tiny running weights because I was doing some running with weights. She loves Ronda Rousey. So. I love Ronda Rousey, and she runs with weights, so I tried running with weights. It was pretty mean girls of me, but totally worth it. I thought they were great, but they do take up like four pounds of a 50-pound bag, and my bags are notoriously overweight. So You could also just get cans of soup or something and just put those in your hands. So that's a really hard run, though, with a can of soup. Oh no, it's like a shake weight. Oh, that sounds awful. But now I really like these these resistance bands. I've done a couple little workouts with them and they can sort of also do that voodoo wrapping thing that Peter's super into for Now we're gonna have to link to voodoo wrapping. Now we're gonna have to link to voodoo wrapping, I'm sorry. Now you got more like a TheraBand. Yeah. Saying. So it's more of a thin elastic band? Uh, it's like maybe three or but four But it doesn't loop thick. it on itself. It's just like no. a ribbon, basically. Just a ribbon, yeah. Okay. So yeah, those are good. And a lot of people can use that, like your, your traditional therapy things, like a external rotation, um, just some basic rows to set those shoulders back. Molly does a lot of writing and riding and all those sort of movements, and which we all do. And so just even having that band to do a little bit of pulling those shoulders back mm -hmm. um, is pretty therapeutic. And, you know, you could do that anywhere. You could do that on a bus if you had to, if you were spending time on a bus. Um, so, yeah, so we'll link to the bands Molly has. That's a good idea. I think mine, honestly, was Molly got me this toothbrush holder. I'm really paranoid about my toothbrush. Um, and so it's this little dog head, basically. It's like a plastic dog head. And it sticks to the mirror or whatever you want to. <laughs> but it covers the head of the toothbrush. And I don't even know. It probably was a dollar store thing. Yeah, it was. And I'm gonna point out that's not active travel; that's just travel, but um, still totally. I think reasonable. it relates. It relates only because you need to stay healthy, mm -hmm. and that's the challenge of any travel, and then also to stay active, right? So, um, yeah, a toothbrush cover is what I'm gonna go with. I like it. I like it a lot. I will say then, if we're gonna go into that, my other stay healthy thing is uh, I have these little uh, sprays by I think Urban Moonshine. It's digestive bitters. And I traveled with that a bunch because I found when I was flying, when we were flying to Belgium a bunch, my stomach would just be kind of rocky when we got there. Um, but using that sort of helped soothe it a little, uh, which also makes being active a lot easier when your stomach isn't in pain most of the time. So those were really great for me. Um, so speaking of Europe, I will say the other thing we definitely did a lot, I mean, both when we were in Ireland for fun and then we've, when we've been over in the Netherlands and Belgium for work, has been we walk everywhere when we're somewhere new. I think that's a good rule of thumb for your entire life. Yeah, but absolutely. Definitely, I think when we get away traveling, people are very quick to you know rent a car or get on a bus or call a taxi. But it's worth looking at like how crazy is the walk to wherever you're going or part of the way you're going. Um, you know, it might be taking a subway somewhere and then walking instead of getting on a bus or calling a taxi or waiting for a ride. But the more you walk, which is something you know we try to encourage, and I encourage with my coaching clients, no matter what their sport is, what their goal is, really. Um, but using walking in your own sort of power, that could be a run, run, hike, run, walk. But you can really see some cool stuff. We've definitely, some of the stuff you can see on your own two feet is, is pretty cool. And you save money. Absolutely. Yeah, it sort of combines your sightseeing, your workout, your money saving. It's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So that's been one of our biggest things. And it's even better when you can then add in going grocery shopping or something. So you walk back with a massive weighted sack. 
which is always fun. Uh, and then I guess like the last thing that's sort of my if all else fails slash, you know, a lot of the time when we're traveling, we're working. So it's super busy. There's just often not a ton of time to actually do a whole lot of activity. Uh, so for me, it's either that anywhere core type stuff or I do, you know, really short runs. Like I try to just think about it like even 15 minutes out, 20 minutes out is better than nothing. And it wakes me up in a way that I just wouldn't feel as you know, peppy if I didn't get out and do it. And it's funny with a lot of travel, we all want to go and do some sort of crazy intervals or, you know, something really hard. But a lot of times what you really need is just, you know, something like that core, a little bit of strength that's been pretty proven to help with circadian rhythms and adapting to travel and sort of getting grounded, so to speak. But also just that walk to sort of decompress. And Molly talked about the digestive bitters and sort of trouble eating. Like, honestly, I think for a lot of us, just taking a 20 minute walk where we breathe deeply, get into some nature, probably would really make that digestion and that first meal or you know first major meal a little easier absolutely yeah i'll do that and the last thing i'll do is i try really hard to do just five minutes of yoga every day pretty much and i can be kind of bad about it sometimes and but usually i get back to it and it really helps in the morning i think just sort of set me up for having a good day especially if you're traveling for work or you know even with family and stuff it gets really hectic usually if you're at disneyland or something like this like it's a full day so taking you know even if you have to wake up i think five minutes early and taking you know that's sort of a meditative just like stop and think stop and breathe stop and you know you, you move through some range of motion before you start the day is is i think a good call and mm-hmm. again sort of keeps your sanity and you know keeps everything working relatively well hopefully right yeah, absolutely. Cool. Uh, did you have any other travel stuff? Are you at the end of your list? I think I'm at the end of my list. Okay. What do you have? I have some more rapid fire questions. All right. Can Bring you think on. of something that, you know, say three years ago or before we even started hanging out together that you did while traveling that now you've, you know, you think to be stupid? Uh, you know, I would really love to say, oh, I used to pack so much and now I travel with this, this tiny little carry-on and I'm so efficient and capsule wardrobe. That's not true at all. Uh, I'm lying. I, I don't think I've actually been in an airport where they haven't been like, your bag is overweight by like 10 pounds. Quite embarrassing. Yeah, it's super awkward. Like I'm that person that's like opening their bag and like taking stuff out and trying to cram it into their carry-on. It's really embarrassing. It's my goal this season to, to get better with that, though. Peter saw it. I have a laminated packing list now, so... It'll make all the difference. It'll make all the difference. She keeps pulling it out when we're going somewhere for, you know, an hour. We're going to a coffee shop, and she pulls out this laminated packing Well, I list. need seven pairs of pants. Um, I'm not sure what kind of coffee shop we're going to. Um, How about you? What did you stop doing? Honestly, what I stopped doing, and I'm really bitter, I think the... Molly, Molly packs too much at airports, and I get really upset and bitter about stuff. But um, I think I've become more comfortable in airports. As you go through, you just sort of get used to the hurry up and wait. But the one thing I've stopped doing that a lot of people really think is important is the pre-check-in. The like, I just go there and I argue with the people about why I'm talking to the computer when I should just go talk to the people at the stand and because it always seems that no matter what you do, you end up having to stand in the line to talk to the people. And so that's what I've stopped doing. I've stopped stressing about checking in early. I or... feel like you learned that from me because I never do pre-check-in. Yeah, I don't know, but that's that's my opinion. But yeah, I don't think checking in early is always good. If you have sort of a small, obscure flight and you need to get your bike where you're going, then maybe check in early and make sure you get your bike registered. But 
I don't know. I just feel like that's the oddest thing in an airport, and you can't get frustrated about it, which is probably my better advice is to just use use that as meditative time, Mm -hmm. sit quietly, and when someone opens the gate and tells you you can go, you run for all you're worth. (laughs) And then then you sort of relax and and really sort of chill out. So it's like airport intervals. Yeah, and really focusing on really letting yourself come down and, like, be centered. Um when you're when you're standing there wherever yeah. you're standing because you're going to stand and wait and if you get ready for that I think that's the biggest thing so I think what I stopped doing was getting too worried about 10 steps down the road and just focused on okay I need to get my bags from the bus into the airport okay where is the Air Canada check-in okay why is this lady telling me to talk to the computer okay I'll talk to the computer and then okay the computer didn't work I'm going to stand <laughs> in the line okay now I'm at the front and then we're you know next is the oversize or whatever it is so yeah just focused on that next step very much with travel and not getting stressed about oh i'm gonna miss my flight it'll be fine oh and also if you're gonna sneak co2s put them somewhere where you know exactly where they are and how to get to them because like i'd say 50 percent of the time they will find them when they x-ray your bike bag and you will have to remove them and it sucks when you have to go through the entire bag better so, advice don't bring them so is that something that you stop doing or changing your approach you to? say that like i've ever brought co2 cartridges i guess you've I never because it's more cartridges. of a mountain biker thing i guess uh, yeah. pumps for life all right that's where i'm so the at. key to getting them through the x-ray is that you have to wrap them in as much metal as you can so what i mm. usually do is i take them all out and disconnect the heads is another thing you don't want to lose the head to the co2 inflator but then you wrap them with chains if you have spare chains or like your pedals because you and you put them all in a bag and as molly says if you can put it closer to like a top so that when they rip your thing open to try and get them you can say like no 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 the bag's right <laughs> here um, but yeah, wrapping it in metal usually, and I don't want to like encourage anyone to bring illegal things on. Planes, no, you but... shouldn't bring them. It's easier. But to if just you don't put all them. that inside a hockey bag, it's free, and they think it's hockey equipment, so you'll be <laughs> fine. So now that we've gotten all that out of the way, yeah, those are good travel tips. Giant hockey bags. I can link to the giant hockey bag too. Yeah, absolutely. We'll put that in the show notes for the giant hockey bag you can fit your bike in. Um, we could call that a Canadian secret, maybe. Mm. I don't know. You don't see it in the U.S. as no, much. No, because we don't have hockey bags. Yeah, for some reason, our airlines, I don't know, for some reason, it's obvious why we have the reason, but yeah. uh, hockey bags fly for free, almost. They don't even care what's in them. As long as it's a hockey bag, it'll pretty much fly for free, um, as long as you can keep the weight down. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think what else here. Do you have any go-to workouts when you're when you're traveling? told you i like actual workout routine though can you describe like when you run do you just run or do you have... oh i just run yeah do, you do intervals or anything yeah we're gonna cover this in an upcoming q a episode i think yeah we got um, some good questions about interval training about and intervals. sort of easing into intervals but the, the one i give so if you're a cyclist a lot of our listeners are and you don't have your bike and i'm not big on the exercise bikes they usually suck in hotel rooms or aren't there anyhow so what i usually have people do is walk on the treadmill with a steep gradient on it and for a lot of my business people uh, clients this really challenges their calf mobility so you got to ease into it and make sure you don't go crazy with it but usually just walking on a steep treadmill is a pretty good stimulus again you're walking you know if the weather's not great it's it's good but you can definitely get your heart rate up doing that and once they've gotten a couple of those in we'll start adding some short runs at a steep elevation so sort of like they're running uphill and again, the speed doesn't have to get too high, and they're sort of stepping up, so the actual loading, the actual soreness potential, we'll call it, isn't isn't quite as high. So that's one thing you can definitely do, and it doesn't take much. It's 
three or four accelerations and you're probably good. Yeah. Cool. And I think the last thing I want to touch on, we didn't yet, is eating. Uh, eating well while actively traveling. Sure. I know it's always sort of brutal for, I mean, anyone, anyone that's traveling for business, anything like that. Especially when you're staying at a Holiday Inn Express and they have those delicious cinnamon rolls. So good. But I think, uh, you know, our main thing comes back to trying to cook or put together, like, prepare our own stuff as much as we can. And, you know, when we have to go out aiming for the healthier options. But when we can stay at home and cook, definitely staying in. I know when we were in Ireland, we stayed at an Airbnb, like at a guy's house with him in the house. And I think we just perplexed him so much because we were always just in the house cooking. I don't think he had a lot of people that did that. No, no. And definitely having that sort of basic sort of cooking strategy is good. We really like our hot plate and we travel with that a lot for the hotels. But um, in lieu of that, a lot of times what we'll do is just go to any grocery store and get two clamshells of spinach and then some... like those little plastic ones where it's sort of its own bowl and in the u.s like there's walmart's now have fairly good stuff but you know there's so many trader joe's and whole foods and everything else so i mean we'll... whole foods is great if you are it... okay spending the money but it's true but i mean for a roasted chicken and two clamshells of spinach and whatever you know it's not much if any different than going out but everyone can pick exactly the food they want you're not concerned about how they cooked it or what's in it or mm-hmm. or whatever and you know their their wine's a dollar 99 so we're already ahead by not having to buy wine in the, in, the, in the restaurant you can each have a bottle, although that sort of goes against the healthy part. Yeah, maybe ease through that. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. I think the big salad with yeah chicken and then avocado, pepper. We'll sometimes do you know we'll grab like balsamic vinegar or usually at like Whole Foods and stuff. They even have some of that stuff just sitting out sure. in their eating section. Sure. Uh, or I will occasionally steal packets of things like that from restaurants and keep them in a kit. Yep, and then it's getting easier and easier, honestly. When I started going down south, I remember the whole drive down, there was barely anything to stop at. And now, between your Starbucks, your Chipotle, your, uh, what's the salad place called? Uh, Panera Bread. Uh, there's a lot of options, and you can get a salad, essentially what we're describing, that's relatively good quality and, and pre-made, if that's what you're into. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think just going into it with the mindset of like not going to eat crappy the whole time really helps because I think it's it's really easy to be like, well, we're traveling, so. It was interesting in Vegas last year. We were there for Interbike and the Cross Vegas, and so we were up early every morning at like six thirty, and we would just go to a Starbucks to get coffee, but we had our food bag, and we would usually do. I'm trying to remember we. I think you got oatmeal a lot of the time. We do a bit of oatmeal. Oatmeal. We had hard-boiled eggs from Trader Joe's in right. our food bag. Yeah, we had, must have had a fridge or something. And so we had gotten hard-boiled eggs from Trader Joe's, but a lot of the grocery stores now have hard-boiled eggs you can buy. And then we combine that. I think I was probably having some salad or sardines or something. Yeah, you had Disgusting some that we're doing on the down low in the middle of a casino in Vegas by yeah. Starbucks. But, you know... It, not our highest moment, but there's definitely things you can do to make sure that there's a bit of nutrition coming in, right? And that's, again, having a bit of green stuff that'll stay, you know, okay in a cool hotel room like a pepper or, or whatever. And you might just have to eat that pepper like it's an apple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Get ready to be weird, but it's fine. Yeah, I think that pretty much covers our best uh, advice for actively traveling and staying 
reasonably healthy, reasonably fit, and yeah, reasonably active while you're on the road. So if you guys like this, we'd love to do more sort of Q&As or travel tips or, you know, different things like that. So definitely comment on this post on consummateathlete.com. You can see the show notes there or just hit Molly or I on Twitter. That's at Peter Glassford. And at Molly J. Herford. And let us know if you guys have any other travel tips or ways you stay active while you're on the road. And as always, we will see you next time. Thanks so much for tuning in.